0: Dear congregation, on behalf of my family, uh, we wish you all a very blessed Thanksgiving day with your families, with your loved ones, with your congregation, and however it is that the Lord finds you today. May the Lord give us true thanksgiving in our hearts. May he take all the praise and all the honor and the glory. May he teach us by his word and by his grace and Holy Spirit what it is render to him the thanksgiving which is his due. Proverbs 10 verse 22 says, The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. And what Solomon is saying in that verse is that So many people pursue riches in this world, but they find along with those riches and flowing from those riches so much sorrow. Riches by themselves will not make you happy. The blessing of the Lord, that makes truly rich. And yes, sorrow may come into your life, but when the Lord is your God, then that sorrow is there in order to direct you to Him that he might be the ultimate portion. And sorrow will not triumph in your life because God, whatever he sees fit to bring to you in this valley of tears, he aims to be for his glory and also for your strengthening. And is it then not this blessing of the Lord which makes rich something that we should seek? and look for, that the Lord would bless us truly, not just outwardly, that we are thankful for outward blessings, and we certainly, on this Thanksgiving Day, wish to trace outward blessings to the Lord, and I pray that we all do, but that we would know what God's blessing truly is. What does it mean, children, to be blessed by the Lord? One easy way to think of this is to be under the smile of God. That God looks down upon you in favor. And instead of the frown, which you and I deserve because of our sin, the Lord smiles upon sinners in and through His well-beloved Son. And He gives them His favor, which makes truly rich. You could say that the blessed life according to the scriptures is that life that the Lord Jesus describes in John 10 when he says, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. That is God's blessing. When the Lord created heaven and earth and all that was in it, We read in Genesis 1 verse 28 that he blessed Adam and Eve, telling them to be fruitful and to multiply and fill the earth. And what this meant is that Adam and Eve were under the smile of God, under the favor of God, and they rejoiced in that. The congregation, you and I in Adam, we fell from that blessing. We forsook God and his blessing. And instead we chose willfully the curse through alliance with Satan, disobedient to God's command. We hewed out for ourselves cisterns that can uh, hold no water. And instead of having true joy and knowing true joy and abundance of life, we brought upon ourselves the opposite of blessing, curse, misery, death, and the absence of God's favor. And yet the Lord, in His condescending mercy, has marked out a way whereby fallen sinners like you and me, those who have despised His blessing and deserve His curse, He has made a way whereby sinners like you and me may be blessed. He came in the days of Noah and blessed Him and His sons, And as a sign of his blessing, he gave that glorious rainbow in the cloud. And Abram too was promised a blessing, though he was a heathen idolater. Yet the Lord showed him his grace and his mercy, calling him out of his idolatry and promising him undeserved blessing and that he should be a blessing to others. And what a blessing God made Abram and all his people to be. When the Lord Jesus Christ began His ministry, His public ministry, from His mouth flowed blessing. When in the Beatitudes, He said, blessed, blessed, blessed. Blessings always come ultimately from the Lord Jesus Christ, that blessed one whom God has given. And the psalm before us this morning, Psalm 115, a thanksgiving psalm, bringing honor and glory to the Lord. Is here to teach us what the blessing of the Lord means, how it may be obtained, and how it ultimately serves that we might bless God and be thankful for His blessings. And so, looking to the Lord, we wish to consider this psalm, but especially verses 12 through 14, as you can read them in the psalm. And this is our text Psalm 115 12 through 14. The Lord hath been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord, both small and great. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. Thus far the words of our text. The theme looking to the Lord is, the Lord has been mindful of us. We'll see, first of all, the source of blessing, the recipients of blessing, the hope of blessing, and the aim of blessing. Four thoughts briefly. The source, the recipients, the hope, and the aim of God's blessing. The source of blessing. Congregation our verse our text verse verse 12 starts like this The Lord has been mindful of us The Lord the covenant keeping God Jehovah the one who is who he is the faithful one He is the source of all true blessing We are not the source The world around us by itself is not the source. If there is any blessing, it comes from the Lord. And the words of our text point to a very special way in which the psalmist understands God's blessing. He says the Lord has been mindful of us. Literally in the original it says, He has remembered us. And the Psalter we'll sing later actually puts it exactly like that. Um, The God who has remembered us, His blessing will bestow. But you could also say He has been mindful of us. And what that means is that the Lord's mind has been full of His people. He has thought of them. He's remembered them. They have been in his mind, in his heart. Of course, from eternity past, he had them already in his mind. But what the psalmist is especially getting at here is at the experience that he and those around him who experience the same things. The Lord looks upon me. The Lord thinks upon me. The Lord is mindful of me. Just to give all of us a... A slightly more graphic picture of this children do you remember when Noah and his family were in the ark and the whole world had perished the Lord had saved them in the ark but all around them there was water no apparent life all around them except what was in the ark and then in chapter 8 verse 1 In the middle of this ark bobbing up and down on the waters that covered the earth, it says, And God remembered Noah and every living thing that was with him in the ark. Now, of course, the Lord had not forgotten Noah. How could he? The Lord never forgets any of his children. And he certainly could not forget Noah. But when it says it there that he remembered Noah... What that means is that Noah became conscious of the fact that God, God's mind was towards him. That God's thoughts were towards him. That God had thoughts of him. What an overwhelming thing that is, child of God. When it comes to your mind, That the Lord has thought of you. How precious are thy thoughts towards me. Psalm 139 verse 17. Or, but I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Isn't that a comforting thought, dear people of God, that the Lord has thought of you. The Lord has remembered you despite all the times that you have forgotten Him and how many times were there not when you forgot the Lord, when you even caught yourself maybe halfway through the day or maybe after a number of days that you really had not thought about the Lord in any way so as to pay attention to Him, to His Word, His truth, at least sincerely from the heart. We are prone to forget the Lord. Despite all the things that He has done for us, despite all the blessings in His providence, the blessings of His grace, children of God, you and I are no different. When it comes down to it, we are prone to forget God. What a mercy then that the Lord has thoughts towards us. And these thoughts towards His children are not thoughts of disfavor, Not thoughts of wrath, displeasure, anger. Though we have deserved it. But all in Christ they are thoughts of mercy and of favor. His thoughts indeed are so much higher than our thoughts, aren't they? And His ways so much higher than our ways. The Lord truly is God. He is the covenant-keeping God the faithful God. That's His name, Lord, capital letters. Not simply God, but the Lord, who for reasons known only to Himself had thoughts of peace when, from our side, there were only thoughts of war and of enmity against God. Congregation, He is the only living God. Do you trace whatever comes your way Back to him. A large part of this psalm is against idols. And the author of this psalm pictures it so vividly, how these idols, you take a look at them, they have ears, they have mouths, they have noses, they have eyes, they have hands, they have feet, but they're dead. Why worship what is dead? And yet that's what we do by nature. We worship the things our hands can handle. Stuff, materials. That's what the world is constantly pushing upon us. And our hearts are full of this as well. More, more, more stuff. It gives us purpose. It gives us meaning. It gives us significance. We cling to it as if it were our Savior. As if it were our God. The congregation, none of these things can give us any of these things salvation, meaning, significance. It's dead. It's stuff. It's things our hands make. Instead, we have been made by the Lord. The Lord alone is God. And when you see it like this congregation, you're truly humbled. When the Spirit applies this truth to our hearts, then we're truly humbled. And then we say, how can it be that I, puny I, sinful I, would be in the mind of God, in the thoughts of God? Do you have that on Thanksgiving Day 2022 that you say, how can it be that the Lord has not dealt with me as my sin deserves? I've given him so much reason to turn away from me, to forget me altogether, to cast me away from him forever. And instead, he has thought of me. Congregation, no matter who you are here today, the Lord has had thoughts of you. The Lord in His mercy and His providence has given you His Word. He has gathered each of you here, not just today. I trust through, through much of this year you have been under the Word of God. And, and the thoughts of God were opened up to you. The Lord hasn't passed you by like He has so many in this world who never even hear the name of God or certainly don't know much about the Lord at all. But has that led you to repentance, to humble yourself before God? Has it made you small before God, a sinner before Him? It made you cry out like the thief on the cross, Lord, remember me. That man needed that in that moment, and we all need that, that the Lord would remember us. That He would be mindful of us. Is that your deepest desire today? To be in the mind of God. That the Lord's favor would be shown upon you. Is that your prayer? Well, the psalmist here confesses it and says the Lord has been mindful of us. That means the source of God's blessing lies in God. But then secondly, we see here in our text passage, who are the recipients truly of this blessing. The recipients. Now, in a general way, and I've already said this, in a general way, all of us have been recipients of God's outward mercies and outward blessings. And for that, we ought to render the Lord humble thanksgiving. But when the psalmist here is speaking about the Lord being mindful of us and he will bless us, he's going deeper. He's speaking here centrally and predominantly about the Lord's true blessing of his true people, of his heritage, of his possession, the people who are called by his name. And he speaks here then first in a broad sense in verse 9, for example, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Verse 10, O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. But then here you get it in verse 11. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. And then later also in verse 13. He will bless them that fear the Lord. Who are the recipients of God's true blessing? It's those who know that life of fearing God. What does it mean, children, to fear the Lord? It means to have respect unto him, to reverence him. You know that you are to respect your parents and those in authority over us. And that means that you, you reverence them. You give due reverence to them. Their opinions count. You, you seek to obey them. You respect them. When you are in certain situations, you ask them, what should I do here? And unless it's against the Bible, you respect what, you, what they say, you reverence what they say. And to put it another way, John Brown of Haddington, he was a Puritan, he said this, to fear the Lord means that the smiles of God are worth more than the smiles of man. And the frowns of God are worth more than the frowns of man. That means you truly regard God. He counts in your life. You've learned something of His character and you wish to know more of His character. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him and He will show them His covenant. I ask you today, Thanksgiving Day, do you fear the Lord? Has this year been a life in the fear of His name. All of us must confess that we have not lived as we ought to have lived. We have not feared God as we should have feared Him. He is so glorious, so wonderful, so beautiful. People of God, we are confounded, aren't we? we have not feared him enough we've regarded man we've regarded ourselves we've regarded the things around us of greater worth there have been times when the frowns of God and the smiles of God were not so much in our mind and in our hearts but as the Lord convicts us of these things what is your desire what do you long for? don't you long for this that God would be everything for you truly everything that the Lord would take your mind your heart your affections your desires your whole being and that you'd be consecrated to Him Now when He says in His Word meseech you brethren by the mercies of God that you render your bodies as living sacrifices to the Lord. Isn't that your deepest desire? And it's even a wonder that the Lord would would have that, that the Lord would want that. Well, that is a sign of true fear of God, true respect of God, is to stand in awe that the Lord would want someone like yourself who deserve nothing. But notice how the psalm bears you and me up who feel that conviction in our heart because it says there in our text, the Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless them that fear the Lord both small and great. Often we feel so very small, don't we? So tiny, so puny, so insignificant. But notice how the Lord has regard to the insignificant and to the small. In fact, he brings them forward. He puts them first, both small and great. The Lord has regard to the most insignificant one who looks to the Lord. To this man will I look, to him is who is of a contrite heart and who trembles at my word. Is that your character? Is that in your heart? But then, congregation, the Lord also has encouragement here for children. In fact, He makes it explicit. He says he will bless them that fear the Lord both small and great. The Lord will increase you more and more you and your children. Children here today, maybe you think Thanksgiving Day is a a wonderful day but this is a day for adults, for for, for them to give thanks and to, to, to pray and to maybe have speeches around the table and things like that. But your children. Thanksgiving Day is for everyone. Also for you as, as children. The Lord puts it right here in verse 14. You and your children. The Lord regards you as well. You might think yourself so small, so insignificant. But you've heard of the Lord Jesus, how when He was here on the earth, what did He do when mothers brought their children to the Lord Jesus. And the disciples thought yes they're too small. Too insignificant for the Lord Jesus. They pushed them away. But Jesus was angry with his disciples. And he said let the children come unto me. And forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he placed them on his knees. And he blessed them. He blessed them. Truly. The Lord blesses the small as well as the great. And may that be our prayer also today as a congregation and as families as well, that the Lord would have mercy upon all of us, including our children, no matter how small they may, may be, how, how insignificant they may seem. And the world has made very clear that children in the womb are of no significance. Certainly by themselves. But the Lord has thoughts of even the most insignificant one. Let us take comfort from that and encouragement here as well. The Lord says this in his word. The Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. And may our families and may our congregation be a place in which children are taught the fear of the Lord. They're trained in the fear of the Lord and that you children would grow up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That God and his smiles would be your desire to live a life in the favor of the Lord. To fear the Lord means you respect what he says, his word. When he commands something, that that is to be obeyed in his strength, and by his grace. When he forbids something, we ought to run from it and flee from it. We ought to live, seeking his favor, seeking his grace. And when we know such a life, congregation, then we will also be able, even in difficulties, to have hope, as we see in our third point. Not just the source of blessing and the recipients of blessing, but the hope of blessing. For look once again at our text, verse 12: The Lord hath been mindful of us, he will bless us. Notice how this text brings the past and the present and the future together, because God is the God of both the past, the present, and the future. A lot of times in life, we, we, we do this, don't we? We look to the past. And especially when we look through eyes of faith, we see how the Lord has dealt with us in the past. And that gives encouragement for the future. This is what the pilgrims did as well when they established Thanksgiving Day. They looked and they saw that even in great difficulties and calamities, the Lord had been merciful and mindful to them, And that gave them hope also for the future, for the next season, for the next harvest. And as they stood on the cusp of a a new nation, it gave them hope regarding the future. You can think too of 1 Samuel 7 when they set up an Ebenezer stone. And they said, hitherto hath the Lord helped us. But this was not just to look backward. This was to take encouragement from God's dealings in the past in order to look towards the future and to rely on God also for the future, whatever comes our way. And this is the posture of true faith that sees God's hand not only in the past but also looks for that hand in the future and needs that hand in the future and prays that the work that the Lord has begun would by His grace, be fully done. And this is our prayer, also on Thanksgiving Day. Lord, do not forsake the work which Thy hand has begun, but continue with us into the future as well. And here the psalm shows the way the Lord has been mindful of us and He will bless us. In other words, when the Lord gives His thoughts to something, Don't think that that will simply be for a moment, for a time. And then the Lord, like us, will forget. No. The Lord is not like us. The Lord is so different than us. The Lord is not a man that he should lie. Or the son of man that he should change his mind. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will be. Bless us. You see, then that's not a presumption on the part of the people of God. That they simply take this in, well, the Lord has done this in the past and He will do this in the future. No, this is an absolute wonder. And also something that we plead. But we have confidence in based on the promises of the Lord. You see, congregation, the promises of the Lord are the thoughts of God turned outward in the sense that we may look to those promises and know God's mind. And we can look through the promises to the one who has promised. And for that, we must have faith, true faith worked by the Holy Spirit in our hearts that sees straight through God's dealings in the past and the promises in His Word, and despite everything that may seem to be contrary to us, in our own experiences, in our own life, in our own sin, to yet confide in the Lord, to yet hope in Him, despite everything, The Apostle Paul knew of this logic of faith, as we might call it, where looking at what God did in the past, he took courage for the future. And he said, as he says in Romans 8, he who spared not his own son, his only begotten son, but gave him up for us all. He did that in the past. He didn't spare his son then, but he gave him up then. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things needed for soul and body, we might add? You see, and that is what faith does. Faith, as it looks to the Lord, it takes encouragement. It confides in God. It knows that nothing happens by chance, but all things come forth from his fatherly hand. And if his mind is behind it, which it is, he will establish his purpose. He shall finish his work, come what may. No matter what is happening all around us, no matter even what we, by our sin, are failing to do, the Lord stands guarantee for his own work he will finish what his hands have begun. And that gives hope for those who fear the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. And yet that life of faith is sometimes so assaulted. And in your life, dear people of God, it can often feel like faith goes so, to such a low ebb. And sometimes it seems like it's altogether gone. And what must you do? You must go to the scriptures and you must hear things like verse 9 and 10. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Do you see how God's word encourages faith? The Lord is worthy to be feared and trusted. He has proved it. His very character is that of a help and a shield. You need help today. You need protection today. Trust in the Lord. He is His people's help. He is His people's shield. And what a wondrous thing that is. So far beyond our comprehension. And then it is, people of God, that you cannot ultimately be cursed. You can't. It's impossible. We have a wonderful story about that in the case of the prophet Balaam. Children, you remember how Balaam was hired by Balak to curse the people of God. And at first, Balaam wouldn't go, but finally he he, he went. You know the whole story about his donkey and how the donkey began to speak. But then finally, when Balaam sees there all the people of God seven times, he can't curse them, but he blesses them, blesses them, blesses them. And Balak becomes very angry at him because he's wanted him to curse the people of God, but... But Balaam can't do this. The Lord's people cannot ultimately come under the curse. The Lord has been mindful of us, people of God, and He will bless us. But the reason for that lies not in ourself. It lies in the Lord and in the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. He was in the bosom of the Father, he who knew the mind of God, he who came to declare the mind of God here on the earth, he who came to fulfill the purposes and the plans of God on the earth. God of God, very God, light, He came, He came to His own. And if there should have been anyone who was blessed of the Lord all his days, it should have been him. But his was a life of suffering. As he came to the very end of his life here on earth, he drank the cup of curse that you and I deserve. in order that there might be a cup of blessing which he blesses. I believe you had the Lord's Supper here just recently in the midst of your congregation. You saw that cup of blessing secured by Christ, given to undeserving people. Drink all of it, he said. That was in the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. To take the curse for sinners like you and like me, to even be made a curse, to be made a curse, so that when heaven looked down upon the sun hanging there on Calvary, there was no curse in all the world like him, accursed of God, in order that the blessing of God might come upon undeserving sinners like you and like me. And that gives hope for even the greatest sinner here. My friend, if you've come to Thanksgiving Day in this year and you've not known this blessing of the Lord that maketh rich, the gospel is still proclaimed in your hearing. Perhaps when you consider all these mercies that the Lord bestowed upon you in the year that is past, almost past, up till this point, you feel so small, so insignificant, so overwhelmed at the fact that the Lord would not deal with you as your sins deserve. Well, my friend, that's the goodness of the Lord that leadeth to repentance, not to be repented of. Or to seek it all from Him, to come under Him to say to him in truth, Lord, though I have forgotten thee days without number, to come into thy courts and to hear of a God who is mindful of sinners, of people who have lived for idols, lived for stuff. Lord, I need this blessing. I cannot do without this blessing. I deserve the curse. And Lord, justly, justly, but I need blessing. Is there blessing for a sinner like myself? Well, my friend, it can become Thanksgiving Day in your heart in this very moment, all for the sake of Christ. All for the sake of the one who took the curse and became a, ble- became a blessing and blessed people far and wide with blessings in heavenly places. And congregation, all of this is that we would bless the Lord, both small and great. That's the aim. Not unto us, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory, for thy truth's sake, for thy mercy's sake you as a congregation have received many blessings of the lord undeserved blessings when you consider who you are who we are that you could hear his word that you could receive a pastor out of his hand what a blessing in the great day of days this will count as one of the greatest blessings that you will ever receive in your life is a faithful pastor of the Lord who brings you tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. My unconverted friend, how can you give account of that in the great day unless you fear the Lord today, unless you come under His mighty hand? That a messenger is sent to you from Calvary, from the wounded side of Christ, blood-bought messenger of the gospel. He's come to you here in Kalamazoo. Can you not say today, the Lord has been mindful of us and He will bless us? Even in the midst of trials and afflictions, as many of you are going through in daily life, in your families, in work, Perhaps this year has brought you sorrow that you never imagined would come your way, certainly not at this point or in this way. My dear friend, can you see how even these things draw your attention to the Lord who alone does wondrous things? And though there are great mysteries in life that we will never in this life and maybe in all eternity also, we will not be able to understand yet The point is not understanding, but the point is confiding in the Lord who is worthy to be praised and loved and adored. And to say in these days, on this day, though much in your life does not make sense, to say the Lord has been mindful. of us and he will bless us then you have the repose of faith in a good doing God who makes no mistakes whose mind is a blessed mind who from all eternity had thoughts of peace towards sinners then the storm may rage And the waves may roll, and the darkness may increase over your life. But if the Lord is on your side, and if He's been mindful of you, you can have confidence that He will bless you. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. I thought of that in relationship to your congregation And though we do no longer live in the Old Testament, and the house of Aaron was ultimately fulfilled by Christ, by His priestly work on behalf of His people, the Lord will bless Jesus Christ from heaven for you as a congregation. But one of the ways in which I thought this may apply to you is that you may expect blessings from the ministry of the Word of God among you, especially as the Lord is bringing you a servant, a special servant appointed by Him. And that's our prayer for you, that the Lord would bless the gospel messenger whom the Lord has sent to you, and that you would often be pleading for that as well daily. The Lord would bless him. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron, all those who serve the Lord who bring the gospel also to their fellow human beings around them. And may that be your experience. And may you as a congregation of Kalamazoo, may you be often be looking to the Lord Jesus Christ who on the night of his betrayal sang this very psalm. We know that. You can read of that in the gospels. That he went out and sang a hymn, and by that is meant Psalms 113 to 118. And right at the center of that is Psalm 115. And picture him under the cloud of betrayal, and with the cup of the wrath of God close to his very lips, he stood there in the company of his disciples, and he said, Not unto us, not unto us, but unto thy name be the glory, for thy truth's sake. And how he stood there together with his disciples and he says he has been mindful of us and he will bless us. Because of him, of course. Because of Christ. He would bless the disciples and all his church. Well, congregation, it's all in him. It's all in Christ. All blessing is in Christ. Seek it with him. Seek for true thanksgiving from out of him. And you will have the blessing, the rich blessing, to which the Lord adds no sorrow of Thanksgiving Day. Amen. Praiseworthy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, exalt thy great name, we pray thee, in the gospel and in our lives. Through the working of thy Holy Spirit, That no matter our sin, no matter our shame, no matter our difficulties, no matter what testifies against us, thou dost exalt thine own name. Not unto us, not unto us, but to thy name be the praise. And may we go forth in humility of heart, knowing we have not deserved the least of thy mercies and blessings, and yet thou hast loaded us daily with many blessings. Thou who art the God of salvation and that thou wouldst bless Reverend Elshout this day and all his days and that his ministry as thy appointed messenger here would be richly blessed by thee. Many souls would discover what it is The Lord has been mindful of me, and he will bless me, and he will bless us. All for thy praise. Keep us, Lord, in the hollow of thy hand. Keep us on this Thanksgiving day. Be in our houses, in our homes, wherever we may find ourselves. Also with those who may be lonely on this day, isolated. We ask thee, Lord, that thou wouldst come and be everything to them, and all for Jesus' sake and for Thy glory. Amen.